Episode 166 of the Drive-By Podcast is sponsored by Les Delices Lafrenet. Being nominated best of over and over again, you got to keep those standards high, and they do. Les Delices Lafrenet with five Montreal locations, including Tashro in Brossard and their newly expanded store. Theme cakes, custom cakes for your wedding maybe coming up this year. It's Les Delices Lafrenet. For a limited time, this winter, enjoy the Baton Rouge Fire Offer, available until February 25th, in restaurant only, the barbecue pork back ribs and creamy potato soup duo, for only $30. Find out where the closest location is to you by going to batonrouge.ca. It's Baton Rouge Grill House and Bar. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of paid sponsors. This is The Drive-By with Freeway Frank. The Drive-By Podcast, brought to you by OwnSpace. We're set to go with the first of two podcast episodes this week. How you doing? It's Freeway Frank. This is 166. And later this week, I will have a guest sitting across from me for a very interesting conversation you don't want to miss. So the Super Bowl has come and gone. Are you all tailored out? Now, I know this is a narrative that liberals, libs as they are called online, keep stressing that conservatives or people on the right are getting triggered by Taylor Swift. But here's the thing. I'd be triggered by anybody's girlfriend being shown as much as they've been showing Taylor. I get the fact she is probably the biggest, if not, not probably, the biggest artist on the planet. But now it's just way too much Taylor. It's Taylor breathes, Taylor farts, Taylor even chugs a beer. You saw her chugging that skinny beer. So what? That's what women, that's what girls in that age bracket do when they're hanging out. They have fun. They hang out with their friends. This is nothing new. And they have the cameras on her. I counted, now I could be wrong, a total of 11 times that she was shown. Now imagine, think about this for a second. Just imagine it was the other way around. Picture this. Bunch of young girls, women, whatever, whoever goes to Taylor Swift concerts. I'm just mentioning her demographic. It's mostly women. Guys too, I'm sure. But for the most part, it's women, right? That's her biggest demographic. Imagine you're at a Swifty show. And if, or I should say a Swift show full of Swifties. And they kept showing Travis, her boyfriend, drinking beer, going back and forth. One time, okay, on the screen. Two times, okay, on the screen. But who are you there to watch? You're there to watch Taylor Swift in concert. You're not there to watch her boyfriend chug beers or hang out or whatever it is. So then after a while, you start trying, your mind goes to, well, obviously, They're talking about this. Now, I know as somebody who has worked in media all his life, I know that the NFL, the production team, you know, the network, they talked about this a gazillion times before the game. How many times? This is all meticulous. This is all calculated. How many times are we going to basically show Taylor Swift 
you know, without being like ad nauseum, just constantly showing her where we're going to just upset people. So they came up with the number 11 because I'm thinking here if they had gone, well, I think they showed her more than 11 times in the month of January. I'm just talking about the Super Bowl here. And it was the Super Bowl, the mecca of all sporting events shown around the world, the biggest event on the planet outside of maybe the World Cup of soccer. So, uh, look, they're, they plan this stuff. They know exactly what they're doing. They're in uh, constant conversation, right, with the NFL. They're not stupid. They know their ratings are going to go up when they put Taylor Swift on, meaning <laughs> not in terms of football fans caring about because your typical guy football fan, that's a demographic of NFL football. Sorry to break it to you. Not to say women don't watch, but the same way I said Women are Taylor Swift's target demographic. I'm talking target. The NFL's target demo is men. And most men don't give a shit about Taylor Swift. They just don't. So they know the NFL is attracting a bigger viewing audience, which means more advertising revenue, more advertising dollars if they show Taylor Swift. But now they're going to make you hate her. Right? Because wasn't there a part of you that now I know for a lot of people, like I hear it, I see it on social media, it's like, oh, and then she she kissed him, and did you see the kiss? And it's like this fairy tale. You know, back in the day before social media, that fairy tale was Princess Diana and Prince Charles at the time. Now he's king. But back in the day, people got up. I remember my whole family getting up early that morning in the early 80s when she got married to Prince Charles and it was like the biggest event on the planet. So I guess, you know, people have to understand. And I understand that this is a big thing in terms of pop culture. Taylor Swift and her romance with this football player. A football player wins the Super Bowl. It's like, yeah, it's a great story. But at the end here, right, you're going to not like her. It's going to be, start becoming cringe if it hasn't already. They're going to make you, they are going to make you hate her at some point. Okay? Right. At some point. So, I mean, they're just dating. Can you imagine that the engagement ring follows what happens next, right? <laughs> How much more this story keeps on escalating if things get more and more serious. This is like they're just dating right now. But I guess people love these types of romance stories. Back in the day, as I mentioned, it was Prince Charles, Princess Diana, Harlequin, Harlequin romance books. That's the way young women would, you know, romanticize, I guess, about, you know, falling in love same way one day with their Prince Charming. So I get part of it. But now it's at a point where it's, it's going to become cringy if it hasn't already to me now it's just it, it's past the point of no return now next year they gotta pull the kill switch but of course we know that that anything on television nowadays they don't know how to do that they're gonna milk it till the end till the end of time as i mentioned you know if i were still doing a morning radio show during this they'd be saying 
Taylor more Taylor Swift all morning. Talk about Taylor Swift. Talk about Taylor. It that would be the only thing we would bring be bringing up throughout the morning. I know. I remember we went through these periods with other things that were happening in the world, and it was like stick to this. Yeah, but I know. But we already mentioned it at seven ten. Mentioned it again at eight ten. Really? We're going to mention it twice? Yeah, mention it at 6.10 too, three times throughout the morning. This is how obsessed they were in sending you know, the message that they knew the audience wanted more of. Give us more. What else don't we know? Give us more. Drown us in this Taylor Swift liquid. Her and Travis just keep pushing it, pushing it, milking it, milking it until eventually people would get sick of these people that you keep talking about every day. And that's what's going to kill it. It's going to it's going to kill it from the the radio stations talking about it every morning if anyone still listens. It's going to it's it's you know the, the news magazines whatever social media the sites whatever it is people talking about it every day is going to pretty much destroy at some point she will become my prediction. Uh, I'm not going to say the most hated person, but uh, she's going to have just as many haters as she does followers now, people who who love her, right? Fans, she's going to have as many people hating her. This is inevitable. Eventually, when you give your opinion about something, you grow your audience. But then you're going to have people who are also not going to like you based upon what you're doing, how you're living, what you're saying, what's coming out of your mouth. Sometimes nothing has to come out of your mouth. It's just you appearing on the screen over and over like Taylor Swift. Right, and then it's going to become you. You're going to become a polarizing figure. Now, I'll be the first to say, I've always liked Taylor Swift. I really do. I think she is talented, and I think she writes really good pop records, really good pop songs. There's no doubt in my mind when I look at the list of people out there that put out music and put out that genre of music. Taylor's the best. She's at the top of the heat. Now, I know that. Same thing with, with Pink, having sat down with Pink six times. I've sat down to interview Pink. I never sat down, uh, unfortunately, to speak with, with Taylor Swift. I think it would have been cool back in the day to talk to a younger Taylor Swift like I did with Pink. So these people are interesting, and Pink was always really cool. But now Pink has come to the point, like for me at least, where she's become extremely woke, extremely over-the-top woke. So for me... It's not that I don't like her anymore because I, I have good memories of sitting down chatting with her, and that's not the type of person that I am. But I know that the things that I believe in are not necessarily uh, the things that she believes in. So I know um, it, the conversation, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think, you know, I don't think it would be the same types of conversations I used to have with her in the past. And I sat down with Pink twice for a world album premiere which was a syndicated uh, broadcast. So you really get to know a person. You know, sitting down with somebody, nowadays you wouldn't get these people for a minute. Back in the day, we'd get them for an hour of the recording and then another half hour in between. Like 90 minutes you'd be hanging out with these people. Very cool. But you really got to know them or at least got to see a side of them that other people didn't get a side, didn't get a chance to see. So I'm willing to bet that Taylor Swift is a regular 34 what is she 33 34 year old young woman and and she's pretty she seems pretty cool pretty okay like I, i've got no problem with her but i'm telling you if i were her people i wouldn't be pushing this anymore i'd be saying okay enough's enough 
And is there a part of me that thinks that Taylor likes this? Or is there a part of me that really believes deep down inside that she's figured this out and she knows? You know, but, but maybe not. Maybe no. I don't know. Because when they were poking fun at Taylor Swift, when uh, the comedian was poking fun at her at the Golden Globes this year, this year it showed a different side of her. Like she, she took herself seriously. Like she couldn't laugh at a comedian making fun of her. So... I don't know if Taylor has passed that point of no return either, where you take yourself a little bit too seriously and you believe, start believing your own, you know, bullshit. So, uh, like your shit don't stink type thing. So that is possible too. And I don't know enough to continue talking about this, but I'm hoping that she's smart enough to figure out that this stuff will only hurt her as opposed to helping her long term, because. If she still needed that popularity, right, and people talking about her at the level that people are talking about her, that's one thing. But she's already the most popular artist on the planet. She doesn't need any of this other stuff, in my opinion. Did you get a chance to watch the Tucker Carlson, Vladimir Putin sit-down interview at the Kremlin in Russia? Just a couple of days ago, I sat down and uh, look, I'm not going to say I was expecting a lot more from it. I don't know what I was expecting, but I felt like I was expecting to get more out of it. I did get some things I wanted to hear and opinions and thoughts that we hadn't heard from Vladimir Putin before and things he said that were interesting that I'm going to highlight here as I do a bit of a, a wrap-up of the interview. Now, it started off, it was like a history lesson that Vladimir Putin gave Tucker Carlson for the first. It was long, drawn-out, boring. He was going through the history of Russia. Basically, what he was doing is he was setting up the rest of the interview to explain the the basically the reasons as to why they launched a war on the Ukraine. Now, I'm not going to sit here defend vladimir putin like he's some kind of innocent the whole world is turned against he spews his government propaganda as well just as well as the united states spews theirs or canada you know we have justin trudeau spewing our government propaganda to our own people and and so look i'm not gonna sit here and say that you know vladimir putin is a nice guy not a thug whatever but i am gonna say that there are a lot of things that people just assume of a leader or of the enemy that they're all bad, we're all good. Like we have nothing, nothing, you know, that we've ever done that was inappropriate, um, a misstep, whatever you want to call it, okay? It can be he's a thousand percent wrong and we are always a thousand percent right. So he starts off with this history lesson, which I think went on forever. But then he gets to a couple, you know, Tucker Carlson gets to a couple of really good questions. And Putin says a lot of, a lot of interesting things that kind of makes you wonder. Is there any truth to what he's saying? And then it, it, it sounds like he's being legit about it. What I think made this interview good is that we finally got to hear his thoughts what he thinks is actually happening between the Ukraine and Russia and why they're taking the position that they're taking. And this is what triggers a lot of people. There are so many people on social media, including a lot of Montreal writers, Canadian journalists, who find this appalling. 
appalling that any journalist would sit down to speak to Vladimir Putin, which, by the way, has happened many times in history when journalists have sat down with authoritarians, totalitarians. I mean, we had a prime minister who hung out with the dictator of communist Cuba, Castro. Okay, and uh, at a time when the rest of the world was turning on Cuba, Canada had good relations with Cuba. So don't talk to me for these people. Don't talk to me like this is a bad thing. You keep your enemies closer and you want to know what is Vladimir Putin thinking, to me at least. If, if you're an impartial journalist and you're, you're getting the facts and presenting the facts to your viewing or listening audience, then if you're doing your job, you're getting both sides of the story. Now, after that, the audience determines whether Vladimir is full of shit, Biden's full of shit, whatever the case is, or whether this has escalated to the point, this whole Ukraine-Russia war, where this propaganda machine has lost complete control, and a lot of people are believing one thing, and, and they're really believing this one thing, and we're, we're kind of being scammed in a way. That's the way I view it. And so when Tucker asked a couple of these key questions, and a couple of these key questions to me were, one being that, you know, there's this proxy war happening against Russia. You know, America funding it, Canada funding it, the West sending money and funding it, but the only two people fighting it are Ukrainian soldiers and, and Russian soldiers. So you got to wonder, what's the reason behind all of this? And, you know, he talked about NATO, he talked about... NATO being at his doorstep, the threat that he felt, whatever the case is. But many times, specifically two times, Tucker Carlson asked him if he were willing, if Vladimir Putin were willing to, to, to have a conversation with the U.S. president, Joe Biden. He, he said the last time he spoke to him was 2022. But, you know, basically that it would be, it would be common sense to sit down and speak to the global community before this escalated anymore. Vladimir Putin actually sounded concerned when he said that, that part of the interview. His, like, his eyes lit up. It was like, almost like, are these people not getting where we're at here? And, and yes, I want to sit down. So he made it very clear that he would sit down with America and talk. And then he, uh, Tucker asked him the same question as to whether he would sit down with Zelensky and he said, yes, uh, yes, he would sit down with Zelensky as well. But then Tucker said, why haven't you reached out to the United States or to the Ukraine? And he said, well, as soon as all these countries stop feeding this war, stop fighting this proxy war and sending the money to Ukraine, he'll gladly speak to them. Because until then, well, then the message is that they're funding this war and they're, and they're helping Ukraine fight Russia, there's nothing to talk about. But he said, at any point, um, if they wanted to sit down and this ended, he would be willing to sit down with anybody to talk about this because it concerns him as well. It concerns him that we are the closest we've ever been to the doomsday clock. He realizes it, and he said he has not. He said this. He has nothing to gain as well if the world goes to world... You know, into World War III, and can you imagine a nuclear war? It's over, and he knows it too. That's not what he wants. He goes, I don't want that for my people. I don't want that for me. Nobody wants that. So look, it's, it's, 
he 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 also took a major league shot at President Joe Biden and saying he should be worried about the border crisis in his own country where people fleeing into the United States, just walking through the gates and and the financial situation the United States is in and all the problems that the United States has, you know, from wokeism to whatever agendas are happening in the United States that Joe Biden needs to race, needs to deal with. In other words, America has a lot of problems. Shouldn't he be worrying about that stuff? And instead, he's worrying about what's going on in the Ukraine and sending money to the Ukraine when he should be focused on helping his own country. That, that I thought was a burn. But at the same time, I thought, well, it is a good point because we have seen over the years America be the, the police force around the world. And in some instances, I did believe in the past, I did believe that America's job policing the world was necessary as a good force. But then for many things that I assumed they were doing for the, for the right reasons, they didn't. They weren't doing it for the right reasons, right? They were doing it, in, in other words, <laughs> they're going to be there <laughs> if, it, if it helps them. If there's oil, if there's something that, that helps the American effort in whatever they're trying to fight, uh, then they'll be there. But if it's like two countries they don't care about, they're not going to be there. And if, if it's a country they don't need to send their own troops to, but they could you know, basically give money to these people to fight whatever they're fighting the same way they gave money to um, Saddam Hussein back in the day or they gave money to Osama bin Laden uh, you know, to fight the Russians in the past, whatever it is. The United States always did that to benefit themselves. So look, all countries do that. It's whatever benefits you, you'll be helping whomever with if it helps you. If it doesn't help you, you're not going to be a part of it. But all these things that Vladimir Putin was mentioning made sense. And it's crazy to think that you could understand Vladimir Putin, even though he was speaking via translator, he was making more sense to me as I was listening. I mean, this is scary, right? I'm listening and I'm like, okay, that makes sense and that makes sense. Now, you know he's going to be full of shit on some stuff. It can't be everything he's saying is, oh, this guy's the be-all and end-all. No, there's a lot of things that I don't buy as well. But for the most part, it's easier to understand Putin with the translator than it is to understand the president of the United States speaking English these days because he's mumbling half his words. And, and that is the real scary part <laughs> out of all of this is that Vladimir Putin's sitting down and he looks like a mob boss. Who was that, your little Russian girlfriend? She tried to commit suicide. You are putting me in a position where I'm feeling sorry for a whore who fucks you? He looks tough. Even the way he's sitting down with his, uh, you know, his suit pants, they're slightly lifted with his scarpines, with his, you know, his um, nice shoes. He looks like he's a, you know, he's a, a leader, mob boss. He looks tough. He's what, 71 years old. He looks alert and he looks like in basically nobody's effing around with Russia is what I'm getting at. Then you see the president of the United States, frail, weak, can't get a word out, looks like he's literally a week away from being admitted to a nursing home. And I'm not trying to be mean. This is the reality if you follow U.S. politics is you're shaking your head going, what is, what are we seeing here? 
Now, realizing of all our institutions and drive creative new partnerships, let me be clear. Certain principles of our international system are sacrosanct. Now, realizing of all our institutions. We are seeing a man, basically the demise of a, a person right in front of our eyes, and he happens to be the United States president. But he's losing his brain capacity as, as every day goes by. And how he would even run in an election later this year, to me, would be, or even debate. There's no way they're sending. If, he, if he's the candidate, if he ends up staying and nobody ends up replacing him, there is no way, to me, he's able to debate. Or he would be completely destroyed in any debate because he makes no sense. So, again, the way Putin looks, what's coming out of his mouth, he's saying the right things. As I said, some of the things he's saying, you're like, you know, kind of like, yeah, okay, bud. Uh, <laughs> we don't believe you there. We don't believe you there. This this makes sense, whatever. But that's the kind of person I am when I'm watching this. Open-minded and then believing some things, not believing others. But for the most part, sitting there saying, look, this guy looks like he's a thousand percent there. Strong, leader, and uh, not afraid and fearless. Okay, that's what he looks like. Even took a couple of shots at Tucker Carlson about uh, not getting uh, in. Tucker Carlson had applied to get uh, into the CIA. He didn't. I never knew this. He took a shot at him, and Tucker Carlson, I think, didn't even realize he had taken a shot until it was too late. And then he was probably processing it in his brain. Like, did, did he just take a shot at me? <laughs> but it's like thug, thug life. Vladimir Putin couldn't give two shits and he seemed like he actually kind of liked tucker and and at the same time still no mercy took a sh big shot at him what i got out of this interview was there are a lot of things we don't know about this war that's going on we are told certain things about it every day the message is clear it's consistent over and over again this message from station to station, news organization to news organization is always the same. And you can't question it. But if you are able to sit down and get through the first 30, 40 minutes of the historical history of Russia lesson by Vladimir, Professor Vladimir Putin, you get through that or fast forward through that, you'll learn a lot. And you're going to learn that something's not right. And that's what I've always felt. Something is not right here. And to say something is not right, or to question any narrative that they tell us, or to even mention you're going to watch an interview like Vladimir Putin, or mention the name Tucker Carlson in the same sense. We know what happens when you say this stuff. I just post a little promo on my Instagram saying, you know, hey, uh, is this a good thing or a bad thing, the Putin interview? And it triggers people, you know, I, they just lose their mind. It's like you can't say anything to certain people nowadays. They don't want to hear it. People have a whole bunch of filters that they use. I use zero filter, okay? That's why I feel I live a better life. So I just speak my mind, talk. You don't like it too bad. We have a conversation. If you want to have a conversation, but most people, they have all these filters. Meaning, if I say something that they don't like and doesn't fall within their narrative, they're out. They'll unfollow you. They'll trash you to others. This is how these, these people are. And these people are mostly on, on that side, 
meaning the liberal side. They're, they're, they're not liberal at all. They don't think with an open mind anymore. They're easily triggered about everything and anything. That's just the way it is. So I think more people need to open their minds and listen and watch and come up with your own opinions, your own assessments of what you get you know, from that two-hour chat with Vladimir Putin. Even if you watch just the clips, what do you get from it? What's the body language, his body language telling you? What, a, what does that answer tell you? What do you think compared to what you've been told for the last couple of years? Where's your mind at? Think. Think. Expand your mind. Speak to friends. Think. Don't just repeat the mainstream media talking points everybody else gets and just assumes is the right thing. That's all I'm getting at with all this stuff. I like to end the podcast with something light because sometimes I talk about heavy shit, but I, so I'm, I'm going to end it with something light in just a moment. This podcast, episode 166, is sponsored by Les Delis Lafrenet. You're looking for the perfect themed cake for a birthday celebration, any celebration any member of your family is having. They like something. They're known for liking baseball, football, whatever. Maybe they're a Kansas City Chiefs fan. They could put the football on the cake with the Kansas City logo. Whatever it is, they'll design the cake for your celebration. Maybe even a custom cake for your wedding happening later on this year. You could work with a designer at Les Delices Lafrenet. Five Montreal locations, including the Brossard location in the South Shore on Tashero, the newly expanded store, which includes a lot of great Italian products. It's lesdelicesLafrenet.com. Baton Rouge Grillhouse and Bar, their barbecue pork back ribs and creamy potato soup duo for $30 only for a limited time now, about uh, just under two weeks before this ends, February 25th. It's a special price for 30 bucks, a full rack of their signature barbecue ribs. It's served with fries and coleslaw paired with their seasonal favorite, the creamy potato soup, which I tried Loved it, garnished with cheese, scallions, and perfectly smoked bacon bits. 29 locations, including a new restaurant coming to La Salle very soon. You could also treat yourself this winter with a table d'hôte. Turn any main meal into a table d'hôte for $15 more, including a daily soup or choice of Caesar or house salad, choice of dessert, and choice of coffee, tea, or soft drink. Find the location nearest you by going to batonrouge.ca. And as I said, I love ending the podcast on a lighter note. Why? Because sometimes, I mean, even though Taylor Swift, that wasn't heavy. But then Vladimir Putin was a little bit heavy. But then I turn it. You know, I'm like, we do a, we do a 180. We go in the opposite direction. And this is something that I just been meaning to bring up. And I don't know if you notice this stuff. I, this stuff, it angers me. It, it, it angers me to the point where I really want to get involved and stop the person I see doing this. But then I think to myself, why? Why? Why am I going to do this? Why am I going to get in a, an altercation, argument? But you would think that a grown man especially, because I see this happening in the washrooms of places I go to constantly. And I'm at a lot of events in a lot of places. You're only in the washroom for what? A minute, two minutes, three minutes if you use the washroom, depending on what you're doing. I always see men, they finish 
whatever they're doing, even when they're at the urinal, and they walk, they zip up their pants, and they walk out without washing their hands. This, to me, is not only the most disgusting thing you can do. I know a lot of people find it hard to believe. And a lot of people say, no, it's impossible. People don't still do this. People are pigs. People still do this. I witness this every weekend at an establishment that will remain nameless. A very nice establishment. And men, I find men, older men, okay? It's from a certain generation. Older men. I'm not talking about seniors either. Because seniors, I see washing. It's a... It's boomers, okay? It's like uh, just um, a few years past the youngest boomers. And it's it's all of them because I see it. I can't be in a washroom for two minutes and see three out of six men do this. That's 50%. And then I go back into the washroom a few hours later and I see it again. And this time I see it. The only two other men in the washroom do it. Both of them walk out without washing their hands. And I'm like, I'm just... I, my hands are on my head, and I'm, and I'm like, I came so close last weekend to saying to stopping the person and saying, hey, are you going to wash your hands? That's disgusting. But I couldn't get myself to do it because, hey, who am I? Am I the wash your hands brigade police or uh, no? And I'm not going to get, you know, you, you never know who you get. You trigger some some person and they lose their shit and they they start swinging at you or throw something at you people are insane nowadays and in a way who are you to tell them right you're not their mom they don't need somebody reading them the riot act after they they did whatever they did if they choose to walk out and not wash their hands well then so be it but i find it absolutely disgusting to the point where i i like i i feel like i i, I regurgitate almost immediately in my <laughs> like you feel like oh you feel sick like really and i don't even want to tell you what these people are doing where these people are going because i don't want to mention you could put you could put two and two together okay i just don't want to throw any establishments under the bus and by the way it's not the fault of the establishments the establishments are great they provide the soap the antibacterial and the towels and you know, they, they've got these brand new hand dryers. They, they've got everything. They even have a sign. They have a sign on the wall in French and in English. Don't forget to wash your hands. <laughs> like this is elementary school, second grade. I remember seeing it for the first time. And I know the first few times I started to notice it was during or just after COVID. And like a friendly reminder, wash your hands. To, to stop the spread, whatever. But but now we're long past that. And the signs are still up. And the people are still doing it. Now, I can't go into a female washroom. Only if I identify as a woman, which uh, I'm not going to do. Just to to run this poll or, or survey or test or, or research project that I do here with myself. <laughs> Don't plan on doing that. But I, I can, I'm curious I am curious if any women can report back to me, please. I want to know. When you are in a public washroom and you're anywhere, anywhere, you name the place, are women washing their hands? Are all women washing their hands? Or are some women actually walking out without washing their hands? I would find that extremely hard to believe with women. But apparently, women's washrooms are in disarray too. Sometimes you go into a men's washroom and it's like there's pee everywhere and disgusting whatever 
And nowadays, a lot of these establishments keep the washrooms so clean. I'm at places where the washrooms are immaculate. They're constantly being clean. But I hear women are disgusting too. I hear women are dirty and disgusting and, and do things that would make you want to vomit if you walked into a female washroom too. And I've heard of people finding things too that are disgusting in women's washrooms. Okay, so I'm not saying that uh, women get off the hook here, but I'm curious if you see women, just as many women as I see men walking out of a washroom without doing a basic hand cleaning. Now, I do see people even washing their hands and literally doing this. They put their hands underneath, no soap, and they kind of, you know, wipe their hands to get some water on there, and then they use the towel and they, and they walk out or dry their hands with the, the blower and they walk out and they haven't done anything because they didn't use any soap. It doesn't even make sense. That's even worse because that you're like, who are you trying to kid, yourself or the people around you because you didn't even use soap. But anyway, just to say, so then there's those people. There's the fake hand washers. But I'm just talking about the people who blatantly, it's disgusting. They're, as they're zipping their pants, they're still putting their wang in and they're walking out. No attempt to wash their hands. And again, I want to mention it. People are probably wondering, okay, Frank, why are you not mentioning where this place is? Because it has nothing to do with the place, but I don't want to bring, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to bring the place into this because I love this place and, and it, it, it's irrelevant because it could be any place. It could be somebody coming to your house and doing this and you don't even know, but I do that. I'm, I'm that person. I'm that sink Nazi that when somebody goes into the washroom, especially when I have a poker night or something, I want to hear that water run and I do. I listen for that water running because at least it tells me something's happening. Somebody's washing their hands. But I, I, all my friends, they're clean people. So I, I, I don't even have to listen to it anymore. But sometimes, you know, you have a new person come in, whatever, and it's like, is that person washing their hands after they use the washroom? Completely and utterly disturbing and disgusting. But I want to hear from you. Are women washing their hands when they leave public washrooms as well? Should we be concerned about women doing this Two, let me know at Freeway Frank DM on Instagram, or you could reach me on Twitter, even though I'm hardly there. Go to Instagram. This episode of the Drive By Podcast 166 is sponsored by Les Delices La Frenet. Five locations in the Montreal area, including the newly expanded store in Brossard on Tashro. If you're going to somebody's house this weekend and you plan on uh, washing your hands, that'd be a nice thing before you serve or you're taking out the pastries yourself. They're coming over to your home. Uh, wash your hands. Uh, I don't have to say this. I, I think you do already if you listen to this podcast. Les Delices La Frenet. Clean hands. Putting out the beautiful cannoli, zeppole, and lobster tails. As you entertain people this weekend or head to somebody's home, check them out at Les Delices La Frenet, simplement délicieux. Baton Rouge Grill House and Bar, checking out their fire offer happening until February 25th. And for a limited time, their barbecue pork back ribs and creamy potato soup duo for $30. This is their full rack of their signature barbecue ribs served with fries 
and coleslaw paired with their seasonal favorite, the creamy potato soup. I'm telling you, you will not be hungry after you order this. Order the spinach dip as well as an appy. If you're into that, you will love it. Great appetizers at Baton Rouge Grillhouse and Bar. Find out the closest restaurant near you with a new location opening up in LaSalle and a newly expanded and renovated restaurant in downtown Montreal at Complex Desjardins. It's Baton Rouge Grillhouse and Bar. If you enjoyed this episode of the Drive-By Podcast, please five-star it on Spotify, review or comment on Apple, and catch any of the past episodes with guests on YouTube. I will have a great guest. You will not want to miss this one, a guest that I have not had this type of guest on the podcast so far in the history of the Drive-By. You will love it, no doubt, in my mind, Thursday on the podcast. I'm Freeway Frank. Thank you so much for listening, and ciao for now. The Drive-By with Freeway Frank. The Drive-By Podcast, brought to you by OwnSpace.